Yeah, that was episode 100. Oh, episode 100. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> we, a meaningless milestone. We've yeah. done it. Shall we read a poem from A Light in the Attic? Hello, all, and welcome to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ. I'm Lauren. How's the spicy kitty? He's an asshole. I have two... <laughs> I had two orange kittens. They're our, our brothers. We named them Julius Infanta, being orange kittens. And they had... And neither one of them was called Agent? No. <laughs> Seems too dark for a kitten. <laughs> Although maybe this one should have been called Agent. But anyway, Julius and Fanta have very different personalities. <laughs> Fanta is just real chill, and I was able to hold him within just a little bit of him being home. Julius is still hissing and trying to bite me. <laughs> then uh, they were the Cat Trapper and Co. were like, Mm, he's not friendlying up very quickly. We should probably separate them because when kittens have a sibling or something nearby, they tend to depend on that sibling rather than needing humans for comfort and socialization. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And so Fanta went to another foster and I'm getting all sorts of lovely videos of him being playful and snuggly and adorable. And uh, Julius hisses at me every time I walk by. <laughs> So that's so interesting because, like, you'd think being brothers, they wouldn't have suffered, you know, some specific trauma that would have done this. Personality difference. Personality difference. Some some cats are just assholes. And some cats are just chill. What is it with the... Uh, are orange kitties necessarily more bizarre than regular kitties? Why have I heard that? They're not more bizarre. I would say that uh, the ones that are known for being bizarre are more the, the tortoise shells. Oh, okay. They're known for being neurotic. Orange kitties are known for being not very smart. <laughs> so they're the best kinds of kitties, is what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, Julius is using his one brain cell for anger. <laughs> I'll have you know there's two. They bounce around in there constantly. When they hit each other, they spark, and that's where an idea comes from. Or anger. Or anger. <laughs> I look forward to hearing the saga of julius he's an asshole well what are we talking about today since you uh did the story of the missing piece while i was gone i decided i would do a related poem kind of called picture puzzle piece wow i almost did that one today well done good thing you didn't what one well i'll find out which one you're doing one picture puzzle piece lying on the sidewalk. One picture puzzle piece soaking in the rain. It might be a button of blue on the coat of a woman who lived in a shoe. It might be a magical bean or a fold in the red velvet robe of a queen. It might be the one little bite of the apple her stepmother gave to Snow White. It might be the veil of a bride or a bottle with some sort of evil genie inside. It might be a small tuft of hair on the big bouncy belly of Bobo the Bear. It might be a bit of the cloak of the Witch of the West as she melted to smoke 
It might be a shadowy trace of a tear that reddens down an angel's face. Nothing has more possibilities than one old, wet picture puzzle piece. And there's a really poorly drawn picture puzzle piece off to, like, the corner. Yeah, it doesn't look like much. (laughs) Oh, that's a sad poem. Why do you say that? I read it as missed opportunities and... You know, well, I mean, just on the surface, there's somebody with a puzzle that has one missing piece. Which is and so Lord annoying. How many pieces? Like, what if it's a 10,000 piece puzzle? And then there's just one little missing one right there. That's heartbreaking. I hate that so much. But then it also reminds me of, you know, there's that lost potential because you just have that thing that could have been. And now here it is soaking in the rain. I mean, or it could be found potential. Oh, Well, because you come across this picture puzzle piece and you have, aha, what could these images be? You glass half full. (laughs) Michelle Silverstein, I I assumed it was more about imagination and possibility being found rather than lost, because that seems to be what he's about. He's not usually about like, oh man, I don't think I'm going to be creative and actually let's just sit and sulk about this. Doesn't really write poems about that. Yeah, you're right. He has a lot of like potentiality poems where it's like, here's the bridge and I'm going to take you this far, but you have to cross the rest of the way yourself. Exactly. What could be. It's almost like he was writing for children here. Yeah, but I'm an adult reading it and and my mindset is like 99% poopy all of the time. You do live in the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) I do. (laughs) welcome every day i'm staring out the window being like why do i live here why why do i do this to myself and it's just this time of year it's just this terrible time of year where you've just had it but things haven't gotten nice at all yet (laughs) why did you pick this poem Uh, mainly because i was trying to look at there are two poems in a light in the attic that i think remind me of the story you read the missing piece and i was when we came to them i was planning to reference the missing piece and then you read it and so uh, here i am uh this is another type of missing piece i see whenever i'm about to record i like to do some research on shell silverstein's poems and see if anybody (laughs) has any you know cultural commentary about them and usually the answer is no it's just a whole <laughs> bunch of spam not sites. a lot to be said yeah but sometimes you come across like a whole bunch of like college or high school projects and so i'm gonna send some to you because the ones for this were particularly bad oh god all right here we go one picture puzzle Oof. piece this the is i mean I'm okay. Well, like, like if this is a sixth so grader, I'm okay with it. It looks like high school to me. It might it be a button like of blue. On the I love when they're talking about a button of blue and they just put like tape over a button on someone's I'll give you, coat. I'll, I'll give you eighth grade. Eighth grade? You think eighth grade? From their age, I'm thinking they're about, they're in high school. Those look, those look like the kids I used Whoa, to teach. Yeah, so a lot of these things, they don't, they don't have the actual objects they're talking about, so... When they're talking about a magical bean, in this case, they took a bead. They were like, cool, it's a magical bean. But I uh, also came across another one that is, I guess the film is better, but the uh, choices for the things they didn't have is even more wild. Nope, you're right. This is a high school. 
They are. They're at least ninth graders. Wait a minute. I want to talk about this some more. Oh, good. I was hoping you would, <laughs> as a former teacher, you would want to talk about it. Okay, this Grade it for us, Russ. Yeah, no, this is terrible. <laughs> I'm also really picky. However, I've gone to the uh, website, not website, the YouTube channel of the... Um, I don't want to call them out. I might edit this out. The Northeast Magnet High School. Oh, it's a magnet high school. And I don't know what they're magneting, but everything (laughs) on here is dog shit. Yeah, I don't know what they're magneting either. It's neither like an... It doesn't seem like it's an art school, nor does it seem like it's like a gifted and talented school either. Okay, science, law, and art. At least that was it in 2014, 2015. Law? They have a law? Magnet school for high schoolers? Here you go. You can you can enjoy the same video. Mother of God. Wichita, Kansas. Oh no, it's not. It's Bel Air, Kansas. What is I don't know. We're on a wow. weird tangent. I don't even yeah, we're no, not, this is, and we're not describing it very well. Saying, yeah. yeah. We're not describing it well. For no, these videos are terrible. This this is the lowest rent possible. But it, yeah. you know, not to not to besmirch the good name of Bel Air, Kansas. But you know, <laughs> at least they've heard of video recording. Damn, do better. Okay, that sucked. All right, what's this other one you've sent me? Picture puzzle piece from Dylan Monier. One oh, it's picture puzzle piece, but directed by David Lynch. So <laughs> what do you mean? What I love is things like on the coat he's the talking about the a bite of an apple, and you look, and it's like a, clearly a pear. Yeah, because you, because the pear is Vietnam. No, this is this is his best attempt. Okay, so what we're looking at is Dylan Monier's best attempt at art house Shel Silverstein creation. Yeah, somehow he brings in flowers and... Uh, flowers of what, it being a robe of a queen. What appears to be uh, one of the old slidey Nextel phones. Yeah, with the buttons of blue. And then what might be a, a litter box. I can't tell what that last thing there is. Whatever it is, it's stupid. <laughs> wow. How can, <laughs> and the magical, the magical the lowest, bane... How can you take something that is inherently non-dramatic and try to put an edgy spin on it? Uh, yeah, I like that their magical bean is like the Walmart generic for Tylenol. This is if the very hungry caterpillar were a murderer. Oh, yeah? Like, as stupid an idea as that is. Oh, God, that was wild. All right, I have one last video for you. Oh, no. <laughs> this one is, well, I'll let you describe it. This one's not a high school video. Lorna Govier. Okay, she's playing a harp. Whoa! Oh, for this girl, harmony is an afterthought. So I think she's going for dissonant, but it's not dissonant in an interesting way. Well, I mean, she's sitting in clearly an entryway. There's like toys and shit everywhere. Yeah, and a, like and a cat's wandering cat. around through most of it. Okay, find yourself a new Wicca circle or whatever it is you're going for there. That's wild. But as we well know, it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there into the void and throw your shit around, and Lord knows we do it well enough. So thank you to you three people who gave us airtime. One picture puzzle piece. (laughs) That's as as far as I got. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, so that's what I got. All right, it's my turn. I'm doing squishy touch. Eee! Everything King Midas touched turned to gold, the lucky fellow. Every single thing I touch turns to raspberry jello. Today I touched the kitchen wall. Squish! I went and punched my brother Paul. Squish! I tried to fix my bike last week. Squish! I kissed my mother on the cheek. I got into my overshoes. Tried to read the evening news. I sat down in the easy chair. I tried to comb my wavy hair. I took a dive into the sea. Would you like to shake hands with me? Now, I picked this one because when I was a kid, I remember this poem. This was my first experience, and I didn't know it at the time, with body horror. <laughs> oh, also, is there an accompanying Yeah, I'm, I'm just about okay, to describe cool. that, because, because that goes well into my description of why I... Like, I would... If I had this book, I would flip pages quickly to get past this page, so I, I didn't have to look like at that. the illustration. Uh, yeah, the illustration is of it's a blob of stuff there's a woman's face coming out of it there's a leg coming out of it there's a chair coming out of it and it's all kind of intertwined into the legs of this little girl who's clearly dragging it along and she's reaching out to shake hands with no one in particular uh, it's one of the cronenbergs well unlike king midas this person wouldn't go hungry oh god well i mean jello is just what sugar and horse bits I mean, you can't eat gold. I mean, you can, just in very small amounts. Ugh. No, I was, the reason I picked this one was because I started reading a novel recently. And this feeling of body horror, every now and again, I'm reminded of that feeling of just sheer revulsion. And I've exposed myself to a lot of extreme cinema and things, and probably I'm the worst for it. But... Back in the early days of the internet, you would see those things that you weren't supposed to, you know, like Goatsy and shock images like that. And then it progressed to videos where you would click on something. It would be somebody like literally getting killed. And it's like, oh, God, I shouldn't have seen that. And then it kind of it's you can feel it. You can almost feel it imprint on your brain where it's like, oh, I think I just fucked up. <laughs> That's not going anywhere for a while. And so Squishy Touch never went anywhere. Then I got to experience the early days of the internet. And now I've picked up a novel. And I thought I was immune to this kind of thing. It, the last novel that kind of did this a little bit was American Psycho. Where it's like, oh, none of this is okay. And I'm going to remember most of this. But not for any good reason. Because the novel I picked up was called, is called Tender is the Flesh. And it is by an Argentine author named Agustina Bazterica. And uh, it depicts a dystopian, nameless future where um, a virus has rendered all meat inedible except for human meat. So I, I suppose people don't become vegetarian. No, they do. They very mm -hmm. don't become vegetarians. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And you would think this would lead down, lead to some kind of breakdown like Mad Max or The Road or something like that. Oh, no. Society carries right along. They just start breeding humans for meat. <laughs> and that's the first five sentences of the novel. It is steadily downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs>
Because if they didn't get into the sheer economics and very detailed descriptions of how all this works, I might have been fine. But (laughs) damn, this girl has a good imagination. And she's sharing it with me. And I was sitting on the train today reading this thing, and there was a moment where I went, ooh, I think I fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) So why did you choose this book? And did someone convince you to do this? No, I had heard that it was very distressing and kind of dark material. And I like feeling things. And unfortunately, I think I'm numb to a lot of experiences. And so, uh, yeah, here we go. I don't know that I like feeling things, so I often avoid things that might make me feel things. Uh, it's pretty good as far as so far. I'm only about a quarter of the way through it. But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it if that term can be applied what genre would you call this book dystopian right okay i mean it's it's heavily horror but the way they're discussing things you might as well be reading like upton sinclair's the jungle like most of it they're just discussing the meat packing industry unfortunately it's the human packing packing industry industry. (laughs) one of my favorite depictions so far is how quickly society gets over this like they struggle they seem to struggle with it for all of three months before it's like i'll take one of those and one of those and one of those they say standing in the butcher shop i (laughs) on the bike ride i did in louisiana uh one of the people who was on the ride was pretty sure he had uh that tick borne disease that makes you unable to eat meat because he just he found that just suddenly one day he wasn't able to eat meat anymore Mm. um and you would think that, you know, he would develop a, a pretty more, you know, more broad palate for non-meat things, but not really. So he kind of just kept trying to eat meat and failing. <laughs> so I guess I could see how this would go. He couldn't, uh, he just couldn't enjoy the Beyond Burger, could he? No. They don't even try in the book, which I really enjoy. It's like their euphemisms come with the biggest quotey fingers because they just call it special meat and it's not like soylent green where only a select you know only the producers know this and it's a kind of a secret no everyone's very aware how do what happens to all the livestock it is immediately culled because they haven't gone into a whole lot of detail about this yet but exposure or like if your cat scratches you or something it proves fatal for humans ignore the science it's it's I was like that's it's, really it's magic Okay. It's, it's magic. It's 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 a space virus. That's yeah. That's really weird. Yeah. I mean, there's so there's they, maybe something behind you know like you can get illness. You can get like a some kind of infection that makes you not able to eat meat. Maybe you could push a little bit and be like you know you for some magic hand wavy reason you the only thing you could eat is human meat. But to then have it so that any injury an animal yeah. does to you is yeah. See, it, it, it's the virus in the novel makes no sense because it yeah. simultaneously infects all edible carnivores or herbivores or omnivores around the world and makes their meat inedible to humans. Yeah, they should have just gone with like a modification of the tick-borne disease. Yeah. Anyway. But- Anyway, I didn't write it. I'm just reading it, and God, now I can't stop because the train is crashing, and you can't look away once the train starts crashing. It's almost as if you touched, reached out and touched humans and made them made of meat. Made them and turned them into my own jello meat.
So yeah, Tinder is the Flash, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> or not. If you're trying to turn yourself vegetarian or vegan, this might be a good place to start. Meaty, meaty, meat, meat. Meaty, meaty, meat, meat. I also haven't seen Crimes of the Future, Cronenberg's latest. That's a, that's another one of his let's open up our bodies and see what terrible things we can do to it kind of stories. No, thanks. Well, do you have an, any uplifting thoughts for us? Well... The Pacific Northwest is dark and dreary, rainy during the winter, but often spring will start in late February with uh, small white flowers that poke out of the muddy earth, and hopefully that's on the horizon soon. (laughs) Yay! I sure do enjoy this nightfall at 3.59 p.m. Mm. When's the sun setting today? Oh, today it's setting yesterday. Oh, okay. (laughs) This is supposed to be the uplifting thought. (laughs) I'm not just being a pain.